martini in a long stem glass. Maraschino cherry for that touch of class. Wish I could take my eyes off the task, but I can't. He pulls a thick cohiba from his inside pocket. Matches and cutter, you know he's got it. Synthesizer and a silk bow tie. Holy shit, it's ACY. Page me, any day or night. Page me, when the feeling's right. Page me, and I'll come running. Into your arms, baby. Just page me, put those digits in. Page me, let the text begin. Page me, page me, page me. Oh, me now. Alpha Chromeo with Page Me, the titular track from his upcoming EP, which you can pre-order now on Bandcamp. Uh, thank you all for showing up. My name is Karin Zoe Lee, and you're listening to Night Ride FM. And today is my postponed <laughs> interview of Josh Daly. So keep in mind that this was set to air Thursday before Bandcamp Day, the day before the release of Faded Touch from him and Time Cop. And uh, it was supposed to be ahead of the album, so... It's going to sound a little late, but uh, I know y'all forgive me because I'm going to play some more really good music from Retro Reverb Records. Uh, we, no, hang on. How about, now let's just listen to Star Wave, Missing You. i 
That was Starwave with Missing You, their latest single. They just dropped it. God, I love them. Luke and Dan, way to go. Oh, you know who's in the chat room? Atomic Ghost. He's been waiting like a whole week and a half for me to play this new single. This is called In the Back Seat.
That was Atomic Ghost with In the Back Seat, and he's in our IRC right now telling us that only good things happen in the back seat, so we know what that song's about. <laughs> Love it. What a chill night drive. Let's wake up a little bit. You know who I saw come into the IRC? Strike Eagle. He's got a new single out. He let me play it ahead of the release, and then he released it early. So here is Strike Eagle with It's Got to Me. <laughs>
That was It's Got to Me by Strike Eagle. And yeah, that came out early. So it's available on Bandcamp now. Go check that out. And you know what else is available? Eric C. Powell uh, released Fly Away last year. And this year on Bandcamp Day, they released Fly Away, the remixes. And they sent me this one. It's called And I Know, The Nature of Wires Remix.
That was And I Know, The Nature of Wires Remix by Eric C. Powell and his wife, Andrea Powell. Of course, I had them on the show, and goodness, they were so much fun. (laughs) Okay, so I've got something coming up next from Aztec Records. Friday Night Firefight. They released their album Invisible Kids, and uh, here's a single off of that called Hear It Back.
That was Hear It Back by Friday Night Firefight from their new album, Invisible Kids, that was just released through Aztec Records. Uh, I've got a couple more before I bring Josh on. Uh, We have Runaway Droid. He sent me this. This is a brand new one called Dance. Dance by Runaway Droid. That was awesome. All right. So 
Coming up next, uh, I'm going to play a song from Time Cop and Josh Daly, and then I'll bring out Josh. But uh, keep in mind that uh, this conversation that we had, you were meant to hear it last Thursday before Bandcamp Day, before the release of Faded Touch. But, you know, now that it's out, we're going <laughs> to we're gonna enjoy the whole album underneath the interview. So, Time Cop 83 and Josh Daly with Falling. Last night I dreamed to you it's been a while since we spoke And in the dream we stay Up all night Till daylight Everybody needs some time alone To feel right So Yeah, we just 
And that was Falling by Josh Daly and Time Cop 1983 from their new upcoming album, Faded Touch, available on Bandcamp tomorrow. And tomorrow's Bandcamp Day. And of course, my guest of the night is uh, Josh Daly himself. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for being here with me. I've been wanting to get you on the show. Goodness. I know. It's been a- it's been a while trying to sort this out, hasn't it? But I'm very glad to to speak to you. Very glad to be here. And yeah, hope you're well. Yeah, you too. Did you know you're the first person in the synthwave community that I ever met in person? <laughs> really? Yeah, that that FM84 show at the Crocodile, um, May 2019, was the first synth show that I attended. Oh, uh, I'd so mostly sick. just been listening as a passive fan. And uh, yeah, when the show w- was over and I, everybody was sort of clearing out i was looking around like why aren't they staying to <laughs> hang out and did we stay to hang out my, my memory's a bit uh, hazy did, did we stay that that night for a little bit you did but i feel like everybody that attended assumed that you weren't coming out and they just left oh and they left like, yeah ah, you missed out you know who it was it was me and joe loke yeah ah, yeah that's true actually there were there, there was a few people wasn't there but maybe quite a lot of people left yeah when when you and the guys came out to sign, and I knew I knew that you meant to because you're all holding silver sharpies. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it just it just made my night that you guys just hung out and wanted to chat. Of course, at that point, I had no idea how big anyone's following was, how big or small the scene was. I didn't know how it worked. Well, I asked what I could do to to help. Yes, you know, I do remember. Like, I do remember that. Yes, I do. Wow, God, yeah. And uh, what did I say? You said just come to the shows and share the music. Like, come on, that's got to be. Of course, you weren't going to say, "Well, start your own radio show and start having interviews and stuff." You know. Yeah. But it, but but it's funny, isn't it? Because that that is all you have to do is it's just it's just care about it, and um, I think you find find your own way and it was quite clear that you were not the only one that was thinking like you were thinking um because obviously you know your your show is doing so well so people are enjoying your take on it how you feel i think they relate to that and like the artists are still fans as well like i'm still fans of uh, or a fan of of loads of other synthwave um acts and so we still enjoy interactions and personal interactions with other artists that we maybe wouldn't normally get. Yeah, it's super cool that, that since that was your first show, your first interview show, and then you've gone on and, and done so much after it. I, yeah, it's really cool. I'm so happy. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. I know with uh, that night or the next day or the weekend or something, I was uh, determined and I picked up some books on music promotion oh yeah one of them was specifically for independent music promotion but it seemed like in both of those books the rules just didn't apply to the scene that we're in yeah so it was a little bit of help but not a whole lot it's a problem that i think we all have because i'm sort of trying to speak to pr people and marketing agents at the moment for an album that i'm working on that we can we can speak about later and you know we don't our scene is so it's not small but even more than any other scene people will know if it's being forced upon them or if it's i don't know fake or not real and 
I feel that most marketing and PR doesn't really apply to our scene, you know? It's yeah. more just about, like, because the algorithms on social media are so bad at the moment. I think it's more just about investing in some money just so fans and people who like Synthwave actually even see it in the first place, you know? Just doing some ads and stuff just so it comes up on the pages of the right people rather than just, you know, doing a normal music campaign for a pop act because I just don't think it really works the same way with us. Yeah. But I didn't know where to start because, I mean, honestly, it blew my mind that I was meeting somebody that I'd been listening to on Spotify for a long time. <laughs> and when you told me your name, because I, I must have missed it during, you know, all the noise during the show, because I know that they go around and introduce everybody. Yeah. I was just having, I was in my zone. And then when you told me your name, Josh, like Josh, Dally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you saw the light come on in my head. Well, it was like, it, it, it's funny because even when I was touring with FM, I still had like all of my social media was just still on private because I, I wasn't um, even really thinking about playing live or, or doing anything like that. Um, and it was Ollie that, that said, uh, Ollie Wright that said, um, oh, you know, you, you need to start doing it again because we were in bands before and, and we used to love it. And I said, oh, no, I don't I do not do the live thing anymore. I just, I just like writing songs and producing. And I'm so glad that he sort of twisted my arm to do it because we had so much fun and, and, and I still have fun doing it. But maybe that's why, like, I was quite happy just sort of, you know, not pushing it too hard, just doing it for, for the fun of playing uh, Ollie's songs and my songs live to, to loads of people because it was it, it was just so lovely so maybe that's why it was a bit like oh right oh it is you not just like not just like a guitar player <laughs> well i didn't know because i uh i was coming to an fm84 show and i knew it was cole yeah and ollie obviously and yeah ollie i didn't know if ollie was always with him and oh, i didn't know if they always yeah because this was kind of at the earliest stages when yeah, for example, Time Cop doesn't or didn't used to. I will be touring with him going forward, by the way. But, you know, a lot awesome. of these people don't, you know, it's just maybe just more of a DJ set or maybe just live like music. But I suppose maybe you didn't even know that it was going to be like a full gig or a full performance. I didn't. And I didn't know if they tour outside the country with the same musicians because uh, they didn't bring like James Cross with them. Yeah. For that show. Yeah. Um, that's more of just a budget thing, to be honest. Like, I think going forward, I, I'm not going to tour without a drummer again. Um, mm. It was just the first time. And not everyone can get visas as well. This is probably quite a boring conversation. But I, no, this is interesting. I'm rambling on about visas and, and what it's like. But, it, but, but it's quite hard to bring European people over to America because um, you have to qualify for the work visa which is not easy and you have to pay a lawyer to sort it out and and all of that so yeah you, you're right in thinking oh maybe they're not going to tour with the with the same musicians because it's it's hard it's like a logistical nightmare to to organize it yeah i i can imagine and i i imagine after uh, this whole brexit thing it's going to be even more different more challenging for certain people to tour yeah let's hope it's made easier i mean it's not looking good at the moment but i have faith Fingers crossed they, they'll sort it out. I think it's in everyone's interest for something to be organised that, you know, 
it makes it at least a little bit easier. And if people are selling tickets, there's obviously money. So I think everyone's happy to pay their dues, but just don't make it like a like jumping through loads of hoops because that would be a shame. Yeah. Yeah. And you think if it gets too expensive, it's just might be sad feeling like Time Cop or FM84 or whoever's not going to come back to the States without, you know. Honestly, we'll just we'll just make it work. I don't know how, but we'll always make it work because one, we love it so much. And two, it, it's just a great, it, it's why you do it. You know, we, we, we write songs and, and do it in the studio and that's amazing. And, and hearing it on maybe the radio or something like that is lovely, but it's nothing like when you play it live and in, in front of people and you feel the, the, the energy. Yeah, without that, it would be not pointless, but it, it would be such a shame because that's when they really come into life. You're still on my mind. You're all I see. All the things I should have said. Run around my head. Take a flight to see your face. We danced all night.
So how long have you been uh, working with with the, well, your buddies, I guess, Time Cop, and um, I guess are you all kind of one group of collaborating musicians? I know you've all at yeah. FM 84 and... Yeah, I suppose so. So how, how it actually started was I um, I was in a band with Ollie and uh, James Cross, who you mentioned uh, earlier. And that was when we were really young. We just finished university and we had a, a really good time playing in a band and, and touring and, and doing big gigs. And then that went on for a couple of years and we kind of had... My word. We, we sort of had a disagreement with our label. They wanted to do something. We wanted to do something else. And so anyway, that ended up meaning that we had to split up as a group. We, we weren't sort of even really legally allowed to play under that name anymore. But then Ollie and I, we were still living together because we, we lived together for a long time in, in, in Brighton and uh, Brighton in England. We started writing songs. I went round to a friend's house. I was thinking about this with Geordie on another interview a couple of days ago. I think it would have been around about the time of Drive, maybe a little bit before, when, when Kavinsky first came out, and someone played me Time Cop on SoundCloud, and I just absolutely loved it. He messaged the Time Cop saying, hey, would you would you like to do a song? He sent over a one-and-a-half-minute one sort of backing track of uh, Let's Talk, uh, which is the track that's on... FM and and Time Cops. I think it's Reflections is on. Uh, it's the first song of yours that I heard, by the way. That was my introduction to Josh Daly. Oh, cool. Wasn't it? Yeah, it's like, right. That was 2015, but like, I don't know, I probably wrote it in like 2014 or something. Yeah, so so that was the, the first track that, that happened. And then I was living with Ollie at the time and I played it to him and uh, he was like, oh, like, I really like it, but you know, it's way too 80s. You, you can't do that now because we just come from a like a pop deal where they all they said was, "Oh, that's too 80s. That's too 80s. That's too 80s." So it, it sort of been rammed in our head that we couldn't do that. And anyway, cut a long story short, um, Ollie was like, "I still love it, so I still want to do something." And then Cole from FM messaged me to remix the the Let's Talk track. And he said, do you know any other singers or anything that would want to, to work uh, with me? And then I introduced him to Cole. And then they wrote those, what was it, four songs or whatever, which was on Cole's FM's uh, album. And I still remember the first time that Ollie played me uh, uh, Running in the Night. It was it was in Brighton in his car. And when he played it to me, I was like, oh, God, that's really good. Like I was, I was, about, I was a bit angry because I'd just done Let's Talk and I was like, oh, you know, it, I, I felt, I know it wasn't, but I felt like it was a big step for the scene. Like it was a bit more of a, a singer-songwriter's approach to, to Synthwave and it was telling a story. And then um, Ollie did Running in the Night. I was like, oh no, he's beaten me. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and, and that's... That, how it started so it, it is all kind of so to answer your question it is all kind of um, connected and we are all buddies and and we did all start just becoming friends at the very very early stages of i love that so i've noticed that you've been sort of featured on various songs not an entire album until until now what's your involvement in the production of the song so normally it's um it's actually quite weirdly quite a hard question to answer because it does it does vary a lot. Okay. Sometimes 
uh, an artist will or or an act like Time Cop or Moon Runner or FM would send over basically a whole backing track. It, it, it sounds almost like the record already and all you need to do is write the lyrics and write the melody. So it's like a four minute piece of music. Yeah, like like instrumentals that loads of people release in the scene. You, you mm. use that and then you're like, okay, can I write over it? So there's that. Or a lot of the time with Geordie, it's like a time cop. It, it's like a, a minute or a minute and a half and it's just a vibe and that's almost the the most fun thing to write to because then it will just get you in an idea or a space and then you can sort of write from that and then it will be a case of like okay Jordy that this chord has changed this chord has changed it's now four minutes as opposed to one minute this is the structure can you go away and just redo the sense of that like that and then he'll send back like we said the stems like the, the audio parts the separates and uh, then I'll put it in my session and, and play around with it a little bit. So it's a real sort of collaborative thing normally. Oh, that's wonderful. I always see you on guitar and I'm never sure if, uh, if you write on a synth or not. Again, another good question. Um, I don't know, like guitar is probably my go-to, especially if someone sends something. Because obviously we don't have chord charts or anything. So they'll send it and then you'll have to work out the key and work out what chords it is and so I find that a lot easier on guitar because that's my main instrument but the moment I've done that I've worked out the chords and I've worked out what key it is then I will take it to the computer and then inside there then you kind of have to be able to play everything you know you've got your keyboard and even you you know you do the drums on your keyboard although recently I've been doing quite a lot of live drums but you know the the point being it's it's integrated then at the, the computer but the first thing will be I could grab the guitar, work out what chords it is, and then sort of take it from there. That's awesome. Was the guitar your first instrument? Yeah, yeah, it was. Like when I was, I was obsessed with Guns N' Roses. And, wow, uh, I yeah, love them. I, I love them. And who else? I love Eric Clapton and, and, and Jimi Hendrix and all of those sort of guitar bands that I loved. And I was basically just playing guitar when I should have been doing my college work and, and all of that. And then that's when I kind of knew, I was like, okay, well, I, I should probably just drop everything else and, and double down on this. And then then I went to music school and, and, and stud, literally just studied guitar. So I did a degree in guitar, um, whatever that means. Um, <laughs> awesome. Did you go to the same school as Ollie? Uh, yeah. Um, I went to like two schools. I did one to more close to London and, and then you were able to transfer your course over to Brighton. So that's where I where I met Ollie. But yeah, we did actually go to the same school, which is probably how we met. Even though we met through friends of friends, but to be honest, we probably wouldn't have met if we weren't there for music school. So yeah, it was it all evolved around that. But then, you know, you, you sort of, you get in a band and then you realise what, I think the most amazing thing about music is not the parts, it's not the drummer or the guitarist or the keyboard player. It's for me, it's the, the whole piece of music that makes the impact. So when you're live and you see crowd, how they're reacting, it, it's more the emotion of the song and then the other parts are adding to it, which are great, you know, the drummers making everyone dance. The, you know the singer is performing to everyone that's great but at the heart of it is is the song and that raw emotion 
And I think when you get obsessed with that, then you have to be a songwriter because you, I think you, well, for me, I felt that that was the, the best, most enjoyable part of music. During that first conversation that we had at the Crocodile, I remember pointing out that I was picking up on a, a, a rift in the community about um, vocal synthwave versus instrumental. Mm. Mm. Like, people seem to be so vehemently against vocal synthwave at the time, or some people, the people yeah. who are. It, it, it seems that way. It seems that way, right? Like, and that's why I think that uh, Time Cop and I on this 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 next album. We decided, and it was more Time Cop's idea. He said, you know, we, we should do a half and half. We should do half just synthwave, no vocals, and half proper songs. Um, full songs, I should say, like full with vocals. And I thought that that was kind of cool because I, I sometimes feel when people release an instrumental album that used to have vocals on it, it's not as strong as an instrumental album that was meant to be an instrumental album, if, if you get what I mean. Yeah, so I, I do. I, I hope that on this one, we've kind of kept both people happy. And I think, I hope that also that, that with my lyrics and everything, it, it tells the story of the other songs, that, that even though they don't have lyrics on them. So it, it, I, we wanted to kind of, kind of create this like atmosphere and, and story of the whole album, almost like my, my songs were, yeah, the storybook to Geordie's, you know, amazing music. I think that's interesting that you two found each other to work on an album, because wasn't his first instrument the computer? I think it was. Geordie plays, you know, like keyboard really well, but I think he's most comfortable just you know, at the computer with, with all of the plugins and stuff. Yeah. But to be honest, to, to, to do this music, you, you have to be well equipped on the computer. You just have to be, you have to know the sounds, you have to know, okay, if you're using analog gear, you have to know all of the old drum machines, but we have all of the old drum machines and all of the synths on, on the computer. Um, I don't have thousands and thousands of pounds to, to have all of the old stuff. So we just have like, copies um like on on of the, the these analog things on the computer but you, you really still have to understand them and i found everyone that i've worked with has a really good understanding of them at moon runner taught me loads about um actually more about mixing geordie's taught me a lot about sounds cole uh, from fm is amazing at layering loads and loads of parts together and finding space for each one. It's really interesting how he does that. And I think both Ollie and I then add a different skill set to these other people. And hopefully that's, maybe that's why it works. Lie awake through the night, wonder how you are. And in my dreams break the seams, tearing us apart.
So I gotta ask, how did you get a music video in during the pandemic? <laughs> yeah, good question. Um, the music video for Falling. For Falling. It was literally in between the two lockdowns. So England has been like, uh, how do I say this? Not very, very bad at dealing with what's happened, but it certainly affected England for one or the other reason very, very badly. So we had a really intense lockdown and, and a huge sort of spike in the virus. And we were locked down for a long time. And then it really eased last summer where we hardly had any infections and everything was open. Uh, so I jumped on a plane and went to Berlin. And I love Berlin. It's such a great vibe. And my uh, friend and sort of colleague, I suppose, uh, this guy called Steve Glashier, um, who does all of the photos and videos that, I, that I'm involved in, so, so I jumped on there, and I can't even remember the date, but it was definitely in between the, these two lockdowns. Geordie was able to come over from Holland, and we spent probably three days, I think, in Berlin together, doing some photos, hanging out, uh, doing that video, and then I ended up staying. I did like a little European trip. I went to go and see Oli in Poland. I took the train right across Europe to go and see him, which was lovely. Um, and just tried to enjoy what I thought was the end of the pandemic, but obviously it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. And I noticed you got uh, you had another cast member in there, a lovely lady who played the part of Maria. Was she a yeah. local? Was she a friend? Yeah, Maria. No, she's, she's so lovely. Um, she's actually a uh, friend of, well, again, working sort of friend of Steve. So yeah, no, she, she's really great. And on the on one of the albums, I've got a uh, a song that uh, it's actually called Maria, which was which was inspired by her. So that will be out in August. So then you'll get to hear the story of that. So uh, coming out in August, is that anything to do with the uh, at 1980 project, or is that separate? Yeah, it's cool. No, so that's yeah, it's it's to do with that. Uh, the at 1980 project is. Is going through new retrowave again. Uh, Tenant new retrowave has been so influential with with our scene and with people that I know. For example, Reflections Time Cop was done through uh, new retrowave. Uh, Cole didn't actually do the album through uh, FM. Didn't do the the album through a new retrowave. Ollie did his first album through new retrowave and his vinyls this you know the new live show that he he just did yeah i ordered the vinyl for that exactly so that's through new retro wave i was kind of sorry to hear that you weren't going to be on that yeah I, I was just like with the with the live thing and, and especially with 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 all it, it takes so much time to make sure that you're going to nail it and, and do it really properly like when i go on tour with fm it's a month's work before you before you go on tour and i think people don't really realize like the amount of work that you have to do for when you get up on stage so many things go wrong that you have to be able to deal with those and basically be able to play the parts and sing the parts with your eyes shut like backwards forwards right faster 10 bpm slower so that should be the last thing on your mind because there's so many other things that you have to deal with so you know he, he called me up i was in dubai at the time and i just said to him look you know and I'm, I'm just not gonna I, I was mixing records i was writing the 1980 thing i was doing the time cut thing i just didn't have enough time to to sort of give to that show 
so I ended up just doing a Skype call with the other guitarist and just sort of showed him some of the parts and, and yeah, he did a great job and the live show that Ollie did it's, you know, it's fantastic mm. as it always is um, yeah absolutely so, so yeah I can't really remember the question now I'm just sort of like just talking about my mate Ollie but like it was, um, <laughs> it was it, yeah it was a situation where like I I didn't play because I knew how much it needed and I just didn't want to like sort of not give enough to it and just sort of show up and just play because that, that's not what it's about you have to you have to give your all and I just had too much on my plate basically that's what I figured because I know you were you just got done with this album with at 1980 and then you're working on another one with time yeah. cop all year yeah. and, and now you got something new coming up I didn't imagine you'd have time but I didn't know until uh, Mr. Elliot showed up Ah, I guess yeah. it makes sense. Josh is busy. It's honestly just that. We, you know, we're all like, even Ollie and I had had a project that, that you know, we, we've done an album together, but all of the stars had to align for all of these things. And Ollie's incredibly talented and he does his thing. And I will always be sort of wanting to do stuff with him and, and vice versa, I'm sure, with, with him, you know, with me. But the stars do have to align and, and that's why it's really special when you do sort of an FM tour or something like that where we're all on stage together and I think people feel that because it's hard to organize we, we all have like our own like paths and it's like look do, can you fit that in and a lot of the time it's like no so when, when you can it's 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 like oh it's amazing it's, it's, it makes it really really special yeah so that was another reason why I wasn't sure if that if they tour with the same guitarist outside the country, because it's, you know, whatever reason, there's always a reason. But I think not many people would think about that. Not many people would think, they would think, oh yeah, it's, yeah, that, that's probably going to be that. And, and maybe not think about, like, how hard it is <laughs> to try and, <laughs> to try and do that. I, I know that, that when, when the world opens up again, I'm definitely going to do some, some shows with, uh, and some tours with Time Cop. But I really want to do some tours with Ollie again, and I'm I'm hoping that that will be with 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 Cole and, and FM because I think you could see, or I hope you could see, what, when we do it, we have so much fun, and the songs mean a lot to us, and they mean a lot to other people. Yeah, it was great getting, you know, the FM songs and uh, the song you did with Time Cop in the same show, even though Time Cop wasn't yeah. there. Yeah. It's cool, isn't it? It, it? it feels great, and and it feels great to be with my friends, touring the world and playing to people um, that also enjoy the music. Yeah, uh, and just the group of you guys—that's a lineup all in its own. Yeah, but it but it but it actually is though, right? Like it really is like quite like a oh wow, like they're all together. And I feel that as well. Whenever I'm on stage with Ollie, I'm like, oh, this is this is really cool. Like, I'm on stage with Ollie, even though he's <laughs> even though he's my friend. Like it, it still feels like that. And then when I'm on stage with Time Cop or FM, there's certain moments where like, obviously it's very normal because they're just your friends. But there's certain moments like maybe you're playing a big gig or something, and you're like, oh yeah, I am actually playing with not only my mate but like someone that I think is also really really great at what they do. So it's, it's yeah. not. It's, it is nice and I, I feel like quite a, often sorry to ramble but I feel quite often some acts when they don't love who they're playing with or they don't love the music or they don't love 
the actual journey of touring, you're never going to get that whole feeling in the room that I feel, I hope everyone else feels like when, when we're touring Synthwave, that everyone is just having a good time and having a release and having like that special moment that we go to gigs for. And I think that special moment is the fact that everyone truly, truly wants to be there.
something like Let's Talk is it's actually a song. It's not really literal. It's it's not really about one relationship. It's more about like a, a feeling that I think a lot of people have. I don't know. It could be a friend. It could be a, a partner. But you're sort of going down this line of the, and the respect is just slightly sort of going. And, and it's, it's not like instant, but it, it's slightly falling. And you need to come to a point where you go, let's, you know, let us point, like, let's talk. Like, we need to just talk, talk through it. And whether that's going to be a nice thing or a bad thing, I don't know how it will end. Uh, but I know that we, you know, we need to talk. Yeah. It's not easy to um, fully sort of open up and, and, and lay it on the line and say, this is how I feel. And then, you know, one person can do that, but a lot of time the other person doesn't do it. So when you can get to like, you know, a, a friendship or a relationship where both people lay it on the line, say, this is how I feel, this is how I feel, and, and we can talk about it, that's normally when you hold on to the relationship. But if the other person isn't willing to, to talk it through and really sort of take your side onto the uh, onto their equation and, and vice versa, then, yeah. That's yeah, plus I'm your like. voice. Huh. Your voice brings out so much emotion. Yeah. Like, it's so distinct. Yeah, thank you very much. I don't know really know where, where where it came from, but a lot of people say it's like Brian Adams, and I'm like, oh, that's great because I love him. <laughs> yeah, I could see that, but kind of with a, a youthful, um, I don't know, glow to the to the voice. If that makes any sense. Yeah, cool. Thank Brian you. Adams sounds old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, he does. I don't know. I think there are loads of better singers than me, but. I feel that all I try and do is just sing from the heart and just sing, but not in a fake way. It's just it's just how I sound. And I didn't try and think, oh, I want to sound like him. I just was just like, okay, I just want to sing and try, try and get good at it so that I can give a vehicle to the songs. Uh, I just want to try and do the songs that I write justice. Whereas Ollie can do that and he does it very well, but he has such a bigger vocal range than than me has so much more to play with. I just have my range and just just trying to make it sound good, you know? So I hope that I achieve it. <laughs> yeah, well, trying to hit the notes that Ollie hits is just asking the world and then some. I know, it's physically impossible. <laughs> Don't do it. I've tried. It breaks you. Don't do it. Leave it to Ollie. There's a reason why he wears those tight pants. <laughs> It's impossible to reach it without without, without the tight pants. <laughs> well, then, then I guess Ray Brown knows what he's doing. Yeah, he does. In fact, I need to, <laughs> I, I need to speak to him because I need to get a you know a, the, the leather jacket that I wear on tour quite a lot is is actually Ray Brown's and he made it for he made it for Ollie and uh, yeah I need to speak to him and, and get him to make me one. Did he make you all the same black white polka dotted shirt too, or did he share <laughs> yeah. that shirt? No, he didn't actually. No. That was just something we all sourced individually. Oh, okay. But it's funny, we all do wear that, don't we? I've only just... Yeah, is it, are they different shirts? Or are you shirts? Yeah, those? they're different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't okay. Yeah, yeah, we don't share. So, you did mention some solo work coming up at some point. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so my timeline is uh, this Friday, we've got the Time Cop record, which I'm super excited about. And then the At 1980 record through New Retrowave, that's out in August, but we'll have three singles before the album. So if you imagine that basically takes up three months because each single has a month 
Okay, so that's a fresh, fresh album. Yeah, brand new uh, album, exactly. Um, which I'm super, super proud of, and you know, put a lot of time into it. And I feel that that is a real, a real step forward for me. So that will start May, June, July. Yeah, I think so. The first single I think is in May. Okay. And then two more singles after that. Then the album. Then I'll let that breathe. Awesome. And then my idea is to go to. Uh, to Nashville because my manager is in LA so most of what's the right word to say maybe contacts or or musical friends uh, most of those are in America so I'm going to go out there and do some songwriting sessions in Nashville some songwriting sessions in LA and kind of see where that musically takes me um, and just learn a lot and try and write some great songs and yeah then after that release a, a solo record but I want it to be honest and I want it to be representative of, of like what I want to say and, and how I want it to sound. At the moment, I just want to focus on the Time Cop thing and the At 1980 thing, making sure that, that people really love that. And then when I've kind of said what I want to say on those projects, head out to America and obviously COVID dependent, uh, but that's the plan. Awesome. Goodness. So... You got, she's got so much on your plate, I almost don't even want to ask my next question. No, yeah, go for it. <laughs> a lot of people have been doing uh, live stream concerts since they can't tour. And I know you had to opt out of Ollie's because you're so busy. But I wondered, is there any chance of seeing you before? Yes, I think, I think what I'm going to do. So I, I always thought that how special is it going to be if I hold out until COVID is safer? And to have that electricity of having people in the room and playing the first gig after not playing one until then. Now, I didn't think it was going to last this long, to be fair, but that was always yeah. my dream to sort of get people in the room and, and sort of say, right, literally before the gig started, like, have a big drink. We've made it through. Let's have a good night. So yeah. I still want to do that. And I want to do that in as many countries as, as possible. So, like a European tour and and an American tour but that's that's the idea with 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 the with the live thing so I'm not going to do a full live stream but what I am going to do is some live performances of some songs so I think next week I put myself into the studio so I'm going to do a few live takes of some time cop stuff that we did oh. of, of our album just like in the studio just singing it live but you know, with the, the 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 basically the backing track that we did in the studio, which I think will be nice, hopefully for people. And then for the At Nineteen Eighty project, we're going to do some live videos in the studio, so fully live. You know, with awesome. drama and stuff. So that will hopefully get the feeling across, like, oh yeah, okay, something's coming. And then when COVID starts to calm down. Yeah, I want to do obviously the full, the full live thing, and I don't mind doing it with FM or Time Cop or at nineteen eighty, like whoever. As long as we can organise something where everyone's available and everyone's free, and we can we can go out and do it. Well, that would be great. I would love to see that. Yeah, that's the plan. But I think you know, before COVID happened, the idea was to get the Time Cop album released a year ago and then tour it. So we were meant to be on tour all of late last summer and we had all of the mm. organized and everything 
so the plan probably firstly will be trying to get some time cop gigs going because that's sort of on the first like you know we have to try and we have to try and catch up on on those so yeah the idea would be to do european a few european dates then get out to america do a little tour get out to canada because we have great relationships with you know things like you said like the crocodile and all of that all of these venues they've been so supportive of of what we do goodness but i heard that the mod club ended up closing yeah i know i heard that from ollie ollie said that it's not good because we loved that as well it was so nice playing there i think when live shows come back you know the ones that you're a part of are going to be the highlight of the scene (laughs) just like they used to be (laughs) exactly let's hope so right (laughs) yeah i'm really looking forward to the uh the band camp release tomorrow will there be physicals yeah so the the plan is you've got like obviously itunes and Bandcamp, and um and then i was speaking to geordie today i think two to three months three months maximum will be uh, all of the physicals so you know finals tape um i think he was talking about mini discs but but definitely um definitely a good lot of vinyl uh so that's yeah that will be coming for sure Oh, good. I can't wait. I'm definitely, I'm getting a vinyl and a cassette. I just... <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Love it. Um, and then obviously, yeah, like when we tour, we'll do some, some special vinyls and some special like merch. I think we have a couple more that didn't uh, make it on the album in time. Uh, we just didn't have enough time to get them on. So maybe for the tour, we could do like a deluxe vinyl. That's what I'm hoping to do. So it's Ooh. just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for for coming on to talk to me. Well, look, th- honestly, thank you so much for yeah the the, the chat and any time. Reach out and uh, let me know if you want to talk about anything else or any other projects that I'm involved in, or if you just want to do a little interview. I'm always happy. Thank you so much. Yeah, that would be that'd be great. But uh, yeah, for now, I'm looking forward to the uh, the album Friday, and anybody that's got the iTunes has. Uh, got it already they've got what they've got a couple songs that we haven't heard yet yeah you, uh, emotions and exactly emotions chemical, and chemical correct yeah, yeah. You, you get like a I, I just did a post about it now you get um if you go on itunes and you got to click on my bio link or, or, or time pops bio link you get uh two songs um that aren't released and that you get them early um so that's quite cool and then obviously because it's a pre-order then you get all of the other songs on on the day of the release. Awesome. Well, this has been fun. Thank you so much, Josh. <laughs> no worries, anytime. Uh, I want to play out with something, hmm, maybe something from 1980, the last album. I really love that. Play it on the radio. Oh, yeah, that's quite apt as well. I really, yeah. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> All right. Thank you again, Josh. And uh, thank you to everybody who's tuned in. Um, you've been listening to Night Ride FM. I'm Karen Zoe Lee, and this is Josh Daly. Thank you, and have a good night.
stuff. <laughs> 